was the movie supposed it had this very 1986 feel like ever see the Rolf Tahir film Encounter at Ravensgate no I haven't seen that one it shot it on 87 in Australia yeah. and it had that you used the same film stock and it had the same kind of not dated but like very of a time and all the haircuts like everyone looking like Kevin Smith I assume that was a deliberate choice of some sort all the characters at the lead character all the male ones anyway all had the same mullet stash <laughs> <laughs> I definitely had um, I definitely wanted to give the film a dated feel to it because I feel like if you make things dated when you're making them then they'll always kind of work you know like they don't you make them over time that's already kind of happened in some way and the choices are cars and colours and then it's already kind of timeless in some way rather than go oh here's all the great modern things straight away but and then I don't know the mullets that it just felt like that's the sort of stuff that I used to see growing up all the time, and it's definitely a kind of hairstyles of those kind of characters, you know, where I grew up. Yeah. Everyone loves a mullet. Mullets are so cinematic. We can all relate to them, right? We've yeah. all seen them at some point. Yeah, I like how the film didn't really get menacing right away. Kind of like a nice documentary feel to it. Was that a deliberate choice, or just kind of happened while you were filming? You know, I just wanted it to feel real and and to creep up on you. I think the I always kind of like in the in film when I was talking to the crew uh, uh, having this kind of spiral effect you know like a um, whirlpool like he's just kind of this slow build and as he you know because he's kind of drowning and you know the further he interacts with people and the choices he makes he kind of just kind of spirals in on him and I wanted that kind of feeling okay. I guess right kind of start from a realistic place and go into a nightmare or something okay yeah well you know like I tried to keep all the decisions and situations that he's in realistic and feasible but I think as he gets deeper in they just definitely out of his realm of what he can handle and I think by you know shooting it in a way that feels kind of verite and real just makes it more accessible and intense because they feel like real people you know the ransom note, it was a little confusing near the end what the ransom was about because obviously there was that misdirection. Were we supposed to deduce that the person who was asking for the ransom was not too bright because he couldn't distinguish between your and your? Your and your? Yeah, it was spelled, it misspelled on the actual ransom note, and I thought, I hope that's intentional. Yeah, but... yeah, they just, it's just like simple guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, no, that's how I kind of knew it wasn't someone like the, the guy who, who was sort of renting out the campsite yeah, yeah. to build on. Yeah, they're all, they're like, all the little, there's all little clues to, you know, hopefully give you a sense of who it is if you're paying attention to those things, for sure. Would you say the main character is an evil guy? Does he have evil inside of him? Because I was surprised at how he kind of killed the one guy I thought was blackmailing him pretty, not casually, but he did it without too much trouble. Would you say there's evil inside of him, or...? I think everyone has potential for evil, you know, but I don't think he's intentionally evil at all. Like, it's all kind of accidental. They get less and less accidental as it goes on, as his paranoia is kind of growing. But No, I don't, I don't think of him as evil. I think he's just out of his depth. Because well, yeah, even how he picks up the um, tool near the end, he's like, okay, I'm ready to, you know, someone's well, going to so Yeah, well, he's at that point now. He's like, you know, he's trying to, like, protect what he has left and... I think he's just so, like, he's sort of become that guy by the end. Like we argued back and forth about whether he should pick up first or the other guy, and I don't know, I always felt like at that point, he he doesn't know what he's doing anymore. 
it's nice because they kind of it almost it's almost like they're playing with the fight scene. It's like they're ready to go at. They both yeah, pick yeah. up like, a joust at the same time, but then there's real no real fight scene. They end up like this. Well, yeah, because you know again that whole idea of playing things in reality, like in a movie, they pick up that and then the fight goes on for ages, and they both know how to fight with those things. And those guys have never fought with a pick and a shovel before. They don't <laughs> right. know what they're doing. Like in you know real guy you know guys who haven't really fought like. Like, it usually goes to the ground pretty quick and ends up in the mud and yeah. someone well, gets yeah. smacked and one guy gets away, you know? Like, you, you have one punch and it's over or something. Yeah. Right? That's real funny. You know, I didn't want them to suddenly turn into fighters. Even though it starts that way. Yeah, right? yeah. That way. They're like, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, everyone can do that bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got one, you got one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone can do the standoff really well. It doesn't <laughs> matter how bad a fighter you are. One film that really did seem not indebted, you know, everyone's indebted to certain wars, but uh, it had that double indemnity feel of of people who don't really know what they're doing, who keep making stupid decisions. Yeah. I, I was I was assuming that that's one noir that was influential, but like maybe some, what are some of the noirs that you would know? My brother, I, I personally, I've never seen it. Oh. And I, I, want, I do want to see it now that so many people have mentioned it. I was asking him the other day, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I thought it was kind of interesting that he... Look, because he wrote the script, I like, you know, I like that he's kind of been influenced in writing, but then me having no knowledge of them, I've kind of just come at it fresh from the script rather than, you know, having yeah. been influenced by any visual style of those films. Or. Yeah, it's definitely more narrative, I'd say, than visual, you know, narrative right. influence, but not a visual. I mean, not Blood a Simple in the same way, I noticed a lot of that. Yeah. yeah, right. Like on a story level, the influence is there. Maybe like your brother writing the script. But yeah. Not in visual. I mean, it's like totally different. Yeah. Yeah. This, all right, this is going to seem strange, but this comes from, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and there's one that has a lot of callers from Australia. Yeah. And there's all this debate about Foster's not really being the Australian beer, and you deliberately put in a scene with Bex, and I thought that was probably on purpose to show the labels and everything like that. Is that a true theory that... In fact, Foster's is... is uh, no one drinks Foster's. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's that's like our natural light around here. No yeah, one drinks yeah. around here. But, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, we just sell, we, we export it for you guys. Interesting choice to make your main character his age. Um, putting him up in, uh, I guess, like late 40s, early yeah, 50s. Why? Yeah. Is that intentional, the script? Yeah. Or, or that casting thing? No, that was, that was intentional. Like... Joel intentionally wrote him older. We wanted a guy that, like, if he was in his 30s, he wouldn't have that much to lose. Like, he could always start again. You want a guy, you know, he's like, at that point, he's married, his kids are probably grown up and left, and he's now with his wife, and this is like his last chance. You know, if he's going to, like, get out and do something else, like, it all kind of hinged on this, if that's what he was going to do. Yeah, because over in America, that you would need star power to have someone right. that age lead a movie. And yeah, I, know, and I, I did. Harrison for, Ford. Or something. I probably Sorry. did as well to try and get the film. It took me longer to get the film up because I was adamant on casting a relatively unknown guy. Like oh, he's okay. not, he's not a famous actor in Australia either. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But I wanted to cast an unknown guy because I wanted it to be like an ordinary man, and that you had no expectations of what he was going to do. And you know, if I'd cast. A typical hero guy, you'd figure it's going to work out for him, or but any actor that you'd had a, any kind of prior knowledge of, then you would have some inkling of what way he was going to go, you know, just by knowing him. And I thought the less you knew about this guy, the more you just watch him go down the rabbit hole. There's that early scene which starts like it's it's going to be voiceover. The woman is talking about her husband, and mm. there's something going on. There's they're criminals. It's never really explained what 
exactly do they do because they're they're still living in a shithole. So they haven't been successful or they've all been to prison or what what was the backstory that we didn't get? Or maybe you cut out or something. No, I never cut it out. I just wanted it to be ambiguous so like people put their own take on mm-hmm. but you know, there are you know, there are clues in the film to what crime they've done to get the money, like in the you know, in the news report when they talk about the fire, the story after that tells you about the crime. But it's not really relevant. Like, I put it in there, so it's there, but, and you know, like, he's obviously been up to no good, and he's been, whether that's from one crime or whether he's been stashing money up there for a while, that's the day she finds, you know, she knows they're up to no good, and, you know, and now she's discovered he's got something. You know, she probably overhears stuff when his buddies are around, and... I mean, this is a question for your brother, I'm not sure, but do you know what idea spawned the, the basic story idea? Like, was it the idea of, like, uh, basically committing arson to cover it up? Was that the first inkling of the story? Like, how did it, how did it kind of he, develop? Uh, he's kind of always been obsessed with those little stories in the newspaper. You know, like, you know, always... Ten, ten, yeah, ten, twelve pages in, there's like, a, you know, there's little crime stories that are like two paragraphs long, and they tell you about some crime that happened but they never really give you any details you know and he'd seen this story about uh the skeleton of a baby that was found in the foundations of a building and it didn't really go into any detail of who they thought it was or where it had come from or how long it had been there and you know i think he just thought of like a an end story kind of came up with the elaborate plot that ended in that place or or any any number of the crimes that happen in the film like could be any one of those little stories you know we we saw a spider attached to the square and obviously conceiving of a short film is far different than conceiving a feature because you can have a short film that's just a few minutes and then it could just be one joke how do you conceive how do you conceive it differently than a feature the the short Mm -hmm. i don't know that all my shorts have just been kind of recurring thoughts in my head and like they just kind of evolve into the point where I, I can't stop thinking about them, and then I feel like if I don't make it, I'm going to go crazy. That's what Spider was, and it's a combination of a bunch of things that happened when I was a kid. I used to have a rubber spider that I torture my mother with, and my mum used to say that saying. And Joel and I had an incident in a car with a spider, like a real one, once where he, a spider crawled up his leg, and he let go of the wheel, and we had to pull. No, he didn't get hit by a car, but he jumped out in the traffic, and. I just love the idea that people will try and risk their lives to get away from a spider. Since we don't get a lot of Australian films here, what are some that have not made it necessarily across to the U.S. that we should know or seek out? Or... There's one that's coming out this year that I think is awesome called Animal Kingdom, which played it played at Sundance this year. My friend David, who wrote Spider with me, he directed it. It's really great. It's based on some crimes that happened in Melbourne in the back in the day. That's really cool. Because um, we only get stuff like Muriel's Wedding or yeah, right. Silk in the Desert. Did you see Wolf Creek? That was really good. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kenny just barely made it here. Oh, Kenny. I mean, Kenny made Kenny's it. awesome. Film I, Festival. That was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I did stunts in Kenny. Oh, what's that? I did stunts Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. really? I'm not kidding. Okay. That's yeah. a great film. And there's a TV series out now? Or yeah, yeah, he's done a TV series. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. I kid Clayton wrote to me yesterday. He's a that, great guy. Or I saw the film festival here. The place was just ripping in laughter. Yeah. Nonstop. Oh, man, Kenny did so well in Australia. <laughs> oh, it did. Oh, it's, I mean, it wasn't even released here, just at the film festival. Yeah. It's on DVD now here, but... Yeah, on, yeah. It's on DVD, it's on but DVD. didn't get... It didn't come here, I know that, besides the festival. 
even in Australia, yeah. some of the Australian films that get made don't get a release either. Yeah. Lately, it's like not quite Hollywood as the Australian film. Everyone's yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, I saw it. Wow, it's so that. much fun. Oh, it is. How many of those are worth tracking down, or is it like watching the? Uh, the, the something weird trailer compilation where the trailers are by far the best part of the movie and you might as well uh, you know keep that in your head good. I mean, that, like Mad Dog Morgan is yeah that is really good right yeah. now obviously Mad Max is good and yeah. um, Turkey Shoot's pretty fun and Wake, that, Wake and Fright is good and, but yeah there's definitely some that you go now were there complaints about certain you know subgenres that he left out within the Australian community hey how come you didn't oh, no, I think there was this? definitely when I saw it there was like people who'd been there and who, who were around in that time complaining about certain films that were left out. Oh, but I think it was just because they had some connection to them. Also. Yeah, yeah, right, it's going to happen right for some I mean, there's a right. slew of deleted scenes, but I always assume that there's always, like, at least yeah, yeah. a hundred films that should have been profiled in that time for. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, during that time, so many films were made, you know, because it was during this thing called the 10BA, and there was, like, a 200% tax rebate thing. So, like, whatever you spent, you got 200% tax deduction for mm-hmm. and they all came out in the theater too oh, not all of them that's the thing so many people were making films that didn't even get released that's why they sort of stopped doing because people were just using it as a tax dodge tax dodge and making these shonky films and so like they're out of it like some great films got made and then some terrible ones you know but they were really like seriously some graphic films getting made back then. it's so good it's good well if we're coming to the end let me just I, I might as well just tell a quick Wolf Creek story because yeah, yeah. it's funny uh, I was in the elevator when it came out in the theaters in the, in the U.S. Yeah. Um, it was about 2005, yeah. around Christmas. And I just, my girlfriend and I had just come from Brokeback Mountain, and we were taking, taking the elevator down. It's this huge theater in New York. Yeah. And we're in the elevator, and there's these two teenagers talking to each other. It's like, well, yeah, well, you know, what did you guys see? Yeah, we saw Wolf Creek. He's like, well, how was it? Well, it sucked. There wasn't any wolves in it. <laughs> 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 Literalist. Uh, <mentality>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh. 